Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are excited to be here. Um, we're on day 33. Praise God. Uh, of 33, the series with Authentic Manhood. This is just Antoine coming to you live from my um, home studio. Praise God. Uh, we're just excited that God has um, allowed us another day um, in the land of the living and another opportunity to go into this lesson. And um, we're in volume six and we're in uh, session five where we're talking about uh, a man and his fatherhood towards his daughter. And this is very interesting. You know, um, we know that a daughter's um, first love should be her father. And, and so we we want to hear some good insight from this. And um, I'm going to jump back in and and, um, you know, as periodically as we go through the lesson and just share some of the things that touch my heart. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So if you have anything that you would like to share, uh, feel free to do that. You know, um, drop some comments in the chat. I'll try to continue to look at that and um, make sure that we are answering those questions. If you have any questions or you have any thoughts that you you would like to share. We want to make sure that we can do that as well. Um, but let us go ahead and get in the lesson. I want to pray first. Father, we just give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you, O Lord, for this being the day that you have made, O Lord. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. O God, we know that when you made the day, you had us in mind there, God, and you said that all things were going to work together for our good. And so we thank you. We praise you. We honor you, O Lord. We just bless your holy name. You're such a wonderful God. You're such a God that's all-encompassing, dear Father. You don't leave a stone unturned, dear Father, and you're well acquainted with us. And so it's our delight today, dear God, to come to you for help, dear Father, in this series, dear Father, as we can get ready to close it out, dear Father. And you've done some great things in our lives. You've spoken to our heart. Um, and, and we now need to execute that, which you've shown us, dear father, that we can put it into action, dear father, for, uh, faith without works is dead being alone, dear God. So help us, dear father, to open up our hearts to what you have for us today, dear God. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. It's in Jesus name. We thank you. Amen. And amen. Let us go ahead and get started here. Praise God. 33, the series. Hallelujah. Find that screen. Welcome to session five, man. Last session, we looked at the joys and challenges of raising boys. Today, we're going to talk about raising daughters. Have a little girl who calls you daddy. Wow. That's a pretty special deal to have that honor. Daughters hold a special place in the father's heart. Right or wrong, we're often more protective of and gentler toward our daughters than we are our sons. With sons, we're often tempted just to throw them in the deep end of life and tell them to figure it out and man up. But we tend to be more compassionate with our daughters. They bring out a more tender side of us. Maybe they can make us laugh and cry more easily, and their presence 
can quickly bring a smile to our face. Fathers also hold a special place in their daughter's hearts. We create the standard by which she will judge every other man in her life. We define for her what courage, grit, honesty, and tenderness looks like in a man. And whether they say it or not, all daughters long for their father's approval. God has put us in an incredible position to speak life to those little girls who will one day grow up to be women. We're going to hear from Dr. Meg Meeker. Dr. Meg has spent the last 30 years practicing pediatric and adolescent medicine. She's a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics and also serves as a co-host for Focus on the Family's Family Talk radio show. She's a regular on Dave Ramsey's radio show and is the author of several books, including Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, 10 Secrets Every Father Should Know. Let's listen as Meg shared with us the best advice she'd give fathers who are trying to raise daughters well. Men, good men, we need you. I don't know if you're a father or if you're a grandfather, maybe you're an uncle, maybe you're just a big brother, but there chances are in your life, you have a young girl who needs what you have to give her. I wrote the book, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, as a pediatrician, yes, because I've lived, listened to a lot of young girls for 30 years now, but more importantly, I wrote it as a daughter because I am convinced of one thing's dad. If you are allowed to see who you are from behind your daughter's eyes for 10 or 15 seconds, your life will never be the same because you are so very different than you think you are from your daughter's vantage point. You see yourself as your daughter's dad. And I know that sometimes you look at your daughter and you think she's sort of this foreign creature. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she thinks. I don't know what she wants. I don't know if she likes me or if she doesn't like me. But what I want you to understand now is how she sees you and how she needs you and what she wants from you. The first and most important thing you need to understand, Dad, is this. You are the most important man in your daughter's life. That's right. It's not her husband. It's not a teacher. It's not a coach. It's not your pastor. It's you. And I know that many of you hear that. And you say, well, how can that be? I don't ever see my daughter. Maybe you're a divorced dad. Maybe you've been sort of kicked out of the family. Maybe you're dad in jail right now and you don't see your daughter. Or maybe you are, you spend a lot of time with your daughter, but she's 13 or 14. And whenever you walk in the door at the end of the day, she looks at you with a scowl on her face and you say, how in the world can you say that I'm the most important man in her life? Let me tell you why. You are your daughter's first exposure to male love. When your daughter is born and you pick her up, she senses that you are different. You smell different. You feel different. You sound different to her than her mother does. And that's very important to her. Because no matter what anybody says, she recognizes in your person that you are male. You're not female. You're not her mother. Her mother is very different. I have honestly sat in my office before, and I have witnessed little baby girls who begin to cry 
And a father will be sitting in the chair and the mother's holding the baby and she cries and cries and cries. And then a dad, her dad goes to pick her up and he holds her against his shoulder. And somehow she begins to relax and she feels calm. Why? Because she knows that you're different from mom. In your smell, in your touch, there's security, there's protection, and she wants to be protected. She wants to know that life is good. She wants to know that life is safe. So right from the moment she's born, she knows you're different than her mother. You are her first exposure to male love. During those first few months that she's born, in the first few years that she's born, she looks at you for many, many things. What does she look for? She wants to know if you're going to keep her safe. She wants to know if she's okay around you. She wants to know if you're going to go away and never come back or if you're going to come back over and over and over. She wants to know if she can trust what you have to give her. And so she will wait and she will see. And here's the great part. If she learns from you in those first few months or the first few years of her life that you are there to stay and that you're going to love her, guess how that impacts her relationships with her kindergarten teacher who's male when she goes to kindergarten. Or guess how that impacts her relationship with her brothers or her pastor down the road or her first grade teacher or a coach. If she learns from you when she's an infant and a little baby girl that male love is safe and good and kind and secure, She's going to trust those men. She's going to like those men. She's going to open herself to them. She's not going to look at them and balk and, and retreat when she first sees that, that man in her classroom. Or when she hears that deep voice, she's not going to be afraid because she knows that a male deep voice is good and it's kind and it's safe because you taught her that. You're the most important man in her life. Now think about that. That's an extraordinary responsibility, dads, because it goes both ways. If your daughter has a healthy, good, trusting, secure relationship with you in those first few years of life, you set her on a course for having very solid relationships with men for the rest of her life. But if she learns there's heartache in the male voice, that those hands hurt her when they pick her up, or that voice screams at her and makes her want to go away when she's in your presence, then she'll close herself off to men. She'll close herself off to that first grade male teacher or that coach on the soccer field when she's in high school. But there's another thing too. You set a template over her heart for how she will relate to men for the rest of her life. Not just male teachers and not just brothers, but for her husband and potential dates, but for God too. Because in her mind, God is father and you are father. God isn't her mother, God is her father. So if she has a good relationship with you, she's going to be much more open to a relationship with God later down. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk about how important it is that you introduce her to God, not just her mother, because there's maleness there. She wants to know if that maleness is good or if it's scary. But it's very, very, very important 
for you dads to understand that you leave an impact on her soul and on her life that is unmatched by everybody. I tell dads this, every woman takes one man to her grave. It's her dad. Why? Because if she has a good relationship with her dad, she wants more time. She has a bad relationship with her dad. She wants more healing. And that's good news because if your dad who has an estranged relationship with your daughter right now and you haven't seen it, seen her in a long time, she's still got you in her heart. And it's never, ever too late to regroup with your daughter, to reconnect with your daughter because her heart, even if she's 50 years old, is still crying out, Dad, do you love me? Dad, why did you go away? Dad, what did I do? Dad, will you come back and just talk to me? That's how significant you are in your daughter's life. You are the most important man in your daughter's life. My dad was made to raise girls. Every night he used to come in and get on his knees and just pray over us and, um, and tuck us in. He told us stories about elephants and giraffes and they all had names. He just was so intentional and, and so um, committed to us and to leading our family and to providing for our family and to making us feel very safe and secure. My dad um, was wired in such a way that his standards were high and those were in large part positive for me, but in another way, it also made me feel like I wasn't hitting those standards, even if he didn't mean to communicate that. There was definitely a culture of performance in our home. I think that there was always an ex expectation. I'm, I'm just wired that way, probably to um, have these kids uh, look good, reflect well on their family. I didn't want barriers between me and my dad. I wanted to be so close to him. I wanted to to enjoy all of the good things without fear of disappointing him. There is an issue of pride, too much pride, particularly within the father, uh, the dad, because you know we do want our families to look good. We want them to be, uh, I remember just when we used to go see my parents, I'd want them all fixed up. I'd want their hair straight. I, want, I, want, I didn't want them sleeping in the car you know, right before we walked in, so they're groggy. I'd want everyone to have the, you know, have the, appearance that, you know, we're, we're the model family. We just walked out of a movie script and we're, here we are. It put in me fear that, that I wasn't um, pleasing him, which was my highest goal and desire in life. Um, and so I think it did put a wedge in our relationship for a long time that even though he was such a consistent, loving dad, I think I was, I wasn't able to hear that for, for several years because I was afraid that I wasn't measuring up to something that he wanted. I think that's probably what Jenny missed out on. But I do think I had this hole of affirmation that I needed through those years that I think he wanted to give me. I just, I don't know that he knew how or that he even knew it was needed. To me, it probably didn't seem like I was doing anything abnormal because that's the way I was, I was wired. I felt like I had to, um, measure up and, and win his approval, and I couldn't do it. I'm sitting in my office, uh, in my, my home, and uh, she said, Dad, can I talk to you? And we, she came in. I didn't really know where this was headed. 
And uh, it was a very tearful time. I think it took a lot of courage for her to come in there and talk to me. But I tell you, I was probably moved more to tears to, to, to hear what she was saying. So that is kind of the emotional <laughs> impact of it. If you're a perfectionist, you don't want to hear what's wrong with you. <laughs> you want to hear what's right with you. But we've got to hear what's wrong with us in order to improve and improve the relationship. Took her a lot, took a lot of courage for her to come in there and talk to me that way. But I needed to hear it. I will never forget it as long as I live. He teared up hearing all of that. And, and he said, let me take you back to my childhood. Let me take you back to what it was like growing up in my home. And this was not your problem. This was my problem. And I struggled with perfectionism and I put that on you. And I mean, I couldn't have imagined the freedom that that would bring me, that to know that my dad um, loved me, that he was sinful, that he struggled with, with pride and perfectionism and, and some of those sins had hit up on me as a kid. It made me realize that Jenny had some needs that I did not meet. And you go back and, and excuse me, and reflect on that and say, how can I improve? How, what can I do better? Now, you know, I don't have a bigger cheerleader. Every time we talk, he's like, I'm so proud of you, baby. I love you so much. It literally took a conversation with him to change our whole relationship. I would say to dads that you can't imagine how much your little girls just want to hear how proud you are of them, how, how much they are just looking at you and thinking, am I okay? Am I enough? And, and how much they want to be the apple of of your eye. When you fail at that and when you feel like I have botched this completely, go in there and say, I'm sorry and I love you and there's grace for that. What you say to your daughter is Wow, that's pretty powerful just to be able to admit when you're wrong, you know, Sometimes it's just very difficult for us um, as people to admit when we're wrong and, and, and be able to go to that place and apologize to that child. I remember uh, <laughs> teaching and when I had God had to chastise me on um, being good to my students. And uh, when I did wrong, I had to go and apologize. And when I apologized, it was mostly I wouldn't have done what I did if you wouldn't have done X, Y, Z. And the Lord, he told me to get my butt out the way because it was always, but if you wouldn't have. And so he said, get your butt out the way and apologize for what you did, irregardless of what they did. And, you know, you got little 10 year olds looking at you and you got to apologize in their face and let them know that, you know, hey, I'm sorry for yelling. I'm sorry for, you know, getting upset and not acting white, right or thing. It, it, it just humbles you. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, your daughters want to hear that your daughters want to hear that dad is 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 flawless, not flawless, but um, makes mistakes and has problems and issues and but is willing to um, admit them and also move forward in the relationship with your daughter 
so that uh, some mending can can occur and and that there can be uh, a better day to come. And so uh, if you have your daughter, uh, just wrap your arms around them as soon as you can and let them know that you love them and that you, you know, apologize for anything that you've done that uh, may have steered them the wrong way or made them feel some kind of way. Uh, and, and let's start having that dialogue with our, our daughters and, and, you know, mending that relationship. And like the video said that, you know, and no matter what age there are, um, it's not too late. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it today. Let's do it very soon. Um, because you, you know, tomorrow's not promised. Right. And so we give God the praise and glory and honor and there's no perfect way. Just, just be you and, and say, Hey, you know what? I messed up. I'm sorry. I love you. And let's try it again. Let's, we can't start over, but we can start fresh. I got that from my previous pastor. And so, um, you know, start starting fresh is good. God bless you. Let's listen to what further they got to say. It's extremely important how you talk to your daughter. I want to warn you something here. You can't talk to your daughter the way you talk to your sons. I know you want to, and I know you're comfortable with that language. Men speak very directly. They're very problem-solving oriented. You find a problem, you identify the problem, you answer, you give the solution, and the problem is solved and you moved on. But girls don't want that. What your daughter wants from you is just for you to listen to her. You know, many times parents tell me teenage girls won't talk. Well, that's not true. They will talk. But they want to talk about themselves, and they want to talk to somebody who will listen. And I want to tell you something, dads. That's why you can parent better during the teen years than us mothers, because you talk less than mothers do, and you listen more. So when you're listening to your daughter, just listen to her, let her talk, but don't find the problem that needs to be solved and then give her the answer. So just listen to her. Be very careful in the words that you use with her. Don't talk about her body and don't talk about what she looks like all the time. Talk about her character. I know you want to say, oh, you look so pretty today, but when you begin to talk about a girl's beauty, there, you, you, you walk into a lose-lose situation. You can't say anything right. If you talk, if you tell her that she looks beautiful, she doesn't hear, oh, I look beautiful to my dad. She hears, oh, my dad likes it that I look really pretty. Maybe I should make myself prettier. Or if she's in seventh grade and you say, you look pretty today, but she's feeling terrible about herself, she will hear from you, you could look a little bit nicer. So avoid talking about her beauty and her looks. And I know your intentions are very good, but don't do it because she will hear something very different than what you say. So instead, talk about her character. Your words change who your daughter can become. And that's hard for men to understand, but it's very true. Here's a case in point. When I was 16 years old, I decided I was going to go to medical school. I had sent all my medical school applications out. And one after another, after another, after another came in rejecting me. And I finally got my final rejection letter from medical school. And I, at 21 years of age, was despondent. Plan A was killed. I had no plan B. And I thought, 
my life is over. And I went out for a jog to just clear my head. I came back into the house and it was about dinner time. And I heard my father on the phone in his study. And that was unusual because my dad was a very quiet man and he didn't talk on the phone a lot. But I heard him say my name. And I, then I really started to listen. I pressed my ear to the door and I heard him say, yes, yes. My daughter Meg will be going to medical school in the next year or two. And the, when I heard my dad say those words, I was stunned. I was stunned. And what I was most stunned by was his confidence that I would be going to medical school. And I will tell you, I was 21 years old at that time. And when I heard my dad's voice and the confidence in his voice that he had in me, my life changed. And how long did it take him to say those words? Five or 10 seconds? I don't know. But I walked upstairs to my room and I thought, if my dad believes that I'm going to go to medical school, I'm going. Now, my mother always told me I was going to, but I felt in my heart she had to be my cheerleader. That's what girls believe, you see. Mothers have to love us and mothers have to cheer for us because our moms are our moms. But when it comes to your dad, the words your dad says to you as a daughter have an authority with a capital A. I, I don't know why. I have not seen research on it. But if you're a woman listening to me, you know exactly what you're saying. When your dad says something to you or about you, be it negative or positive, you become that. You believe that. Those words sink into the core of who you are. You see, the words you speak in your daily lives change who your daughter becomes as a woman. Your daughter listens that attentively to you because she hangs on the words that you speak. Your daughter, when you walk in a room, she scours your demeanor and your tone of voice and your body language for clues about you. What do you like? What do you want? What do you believe, Dad? Do you believe that the people that you work with are obnoxious and are they a pain in the neck? Or are they too wealthy? Or are they taking advantage of you? Or do you believe, Dad, they're good people? Do you believe, Dad, that you're there to help them, encourage them, and serve them at work? Your daughter listens to what you have to say because she's looking for clues about what you believe is good and right. And if she finds it, guess what she'll do with it? She picks it up and she puts it on her person. And she begins to live that out because she sees if it's good for you, it's going to be good for her. And that's how her identity begins to be shaped and formed. What she sees in you, she tries on to see if she likes it too. And finally, I want to press on one other very, very important point is this. Your daughter's identity in large part is shaped by reading you for clues as to what you're thinking about life, but more importantly, what you're thinking about her. That means that when you walk in a room, she looks to you for clues about what you're thinking about her. Now, watch your daughters the next time in your room. I don't care if she's 20 or 2 or 15 or 35. She will look to you to answer questions for her. Dad, what do you think about me? Are you paying attention to me? Do you like what I'm wearing? Do you like what I'm saying? 
Do you like what I'm drawing on the table? Do you like the book I'm reading, Dad? And if she finds answers to those questions like, yes, I like the way you're talking. Yes, I like the project that you're doing. Yes, I like the book you're reading. I am so happy to see you. Then she will believe that she is good and worthy and she will internalize it and she will begin to feel that she is a good, worthy person, worthy of respect and being paid attention to. And that's how her identity is shaped, by watching clues from you about how she thinks about, how you think about her, how you feel about her, and then she becomes those things. And it's a huge mystery, the interaction between a daughter and a dad. But that's what your daughters are doing with you every time she's with you, watching you, her clues as to what you think about her, what you feel about her, and what you believe about her. Another very important topic that I'd like to talk with you about is the importance of you, dads, teaching your daughters about faith and about God. Why you? You know, many women and mothers feel the responsibility of talking to their kids about spiritual things because often women are more comfortable, mothers are more comfortable having uncomfortable conversations with their kids or, or conversations that they deem private. And many people deem talking about God as a private conversation, but it really shouldn't be a private conversation. It should be a very open, natural, relaxed conversation in your home. Now, why is it important for dads to teach their daughters about God. In a way, dads, you are your daughter's doorway to Christ. I can't tell you how many girls I've talked to who want nothing to do with God, and many adult women who are listening to me are going to understand exactly what I'm saying. They don't want to draw close to God, the Father, because they had very painful experiences with their own dads growing up, and they say, I don't want anything to do with a God who calls himself father. That's just not for me. You are in a beautiful position to break all of that down. Teach your daughters how to fight with their minds. Teach them how to, to have a will of steel and to be resolved and to be steadfast and to be committed to something. So when I say teach you to fight, what are we talking about? Specifically, I'm talking about teaching your daughter to fight off toxic messages that are coming to her mind on a daily basis through our culture. What you as her dad need to do because you're older and you're wiser is to gently talk to your daughter as she gets older about what she thinks about herself. Or you could even say to your daughters, if you're at a store, look at that magazine. What do you think that lady's life is like? Do you think that lady is pretty? Do you think she really looks like that? And talk to her and listen to her, the answers that she gives you. Your daughter may say something like, oh, yeah, I think she's beautiful. Or she may just pretend she didn't hear what you said because she knows what you're driving at. Ask your daughter what she thinks about them and thinks about their life. Also, listen to your daughter's conversation with her friends. If you drive her on a field trip at school or you drive her to an athletic event and some of her friends are talking with her in the background, listen for conversations about dieting or being fat or boys or things like that. And when you hear those conversations, a day or two later, revisit those conversations with your daughter and say something like, 
you know what, honey, I heard you talking with your friends about dieting. Do you find that many of your friends are on diets? Oh, yeah, dad, a lot of my friends are because they're just too fat here, just too fat here. And then you say to her, honey, the thing that concerns me about that is when girls do that, they're not going to be strong. And it's very important for me as your dad to teach you how to be strong. You want to be strong in your thinking. You want to be strong with your body. You want to be strong in your character. And girls who start dieting and wanting to just get skinny, skinny, aren't focusing on being strong. And it's very important to me that you learn how to be strong. Again, toxic messages coming into your daughter's mind, telling her they need to behave a certain way. They want to try it out. And you need to be there to intercede, to recognize the thoughts that are going on in your daughter's mind, and then teaching your daughter how to say, you know what, that's not a healthy thought. I'm going to think differently. That's why it's very, very important. If you want to boost the self-esteem of your daughter, the most important thing you can do, dads, is give her physical affection. Studies show that the best way to boost a girl's self-esteem is for her to have physical affection from her dad. Now, that brings us back to that uncomfortable place where you feel and you say, but yeah, Meg, I've tried giving physical affection to my 13-year-old daughter, and she is like hugging a telephone pole that is covered in porcupine quills. She's painful. She doesn't want me. Remember, it's not about you. Her rejection of your affection is not about you. She's communicating to you how she feels about herself. So never, ever give up because we know the best way to keep girls out of the backseat of boys' cars or in the wrong places at the wrong time is by her having attention from her dad. Girls crave dating relationships for one reason, and that's male attention. If they get it enough from dads, A, it's not only better and healthier attention, then they don't crave it from other places. The teenage years for girls, daughters, and dads can be pretty dicey, very confusing for dads. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the mindset of a teenage girl. When a girl hits puberty, she feels very uncomfortable about herself. She feels too tall, too thin, too fat, too ugly, too short, too pimply, whatever. Notice the way she stands. She kind of tries to hide. She feels very uncomfortable about herself, and the way she expresses that is by pulling away from you. So there will come a time in your daughter's life when she's 12 or 13 or 15 sometime where you will move into her to give her a big old bear hug, and she will freeze, and she will scowl, and she will snarl, and she'll almost spit in your face like, Dad, this is disgusting. You are gross. Get away. When she does that, never take her personally. She's not saying anything about you. She's telling you, Dad, this is how I feel about myself. I'm not worth hugging anymore. I'm not pretty. You shouldn't like me. This is creepy. I feel creepy. Creepy, go away. One of the biggest mistakes dads make is they take their daughter's behavior personally. Never do that. They get their feelings hurt. They don't understand. They say, well, she doesn't want to be with me. Okay, I'll go away and maybe I'll start hugging her again when she wants me back, 18, 19, 20. Don't do that. If there's ever a time your daughter needs you to really engage her in conversation with affection, 
with attention. It's during the teen years. You need to understand something. And this is the mindset of a teenage girl. Whenever your daughter puts up a fight with you about your rules around dating, and she gets angry at you, and she yells at you, and she may get physical with you, and she may tell you you're a bully, you're humiliating her, you're embarrassing her. Don't listen, because what she's really saying to you in those words are, Dad, am I worth fighting for? Dad, are you tough enough to withstand me and my objection and say, I'm sorry the way you feel, but this is the way it's going to be. You cannot date that guy. You cannot roam until one or two or three in the morning. I'm the dad and these are the rules. Are you willing to withstand all that personal agony for you to show your daughter you will fight for her? I will tell you when I was in college, I was graduated college. My dad was a hunter. I was dating a guy who uh, was had graduated college as well. And he was disrespectful to me. I couldn't see it, but my dad could see it. Dads can see things in boyfriends daughters can't see, by the way. And my dad told me, told this guy, I need to be home by one o'clock. I mean, isn't this crazy? I'm 21. But Eddie, the guy didn't, didn't, he brought me home late. My dad was up when the guy dropped me off at the house. My dad looked at him and he said, you were never to show your face around here again. I was 21. The guy was 22. I was humiliated. I hated my dad. I didn't speak to him for four days. But let me tell you something. I felt so loved. When you're willing to take a tough stand in the dating arena and protect your daughter from things that can go wrong because you understand men better than she does, you're saying to your daughter, I love you enough to fight as hard as I can for you. So when she's dating, you've got to have rules, you've got to talk about it, and you've got to stick to your guns, gentlemen, and don't let her ruffle your feathers. A girl with a dad who's standing right behind her who says, I get it, I've been a teenager, you're not going to be sexually active. If you engage your daughter, that's the best protection she can have from staying out of the backseat of some guy's car is a good dad. Mom's not going to do that, but you can do that. A father is critical to the development of a healthy sexuality of a young girl. If your daughter's used to being spoken to well, not sworn around, not degraded, um, and not harmed in any way, the first time she goes out with a guy who does one of those things that her dad never does, what do you think she's going to do? She's going to walk away. Why? Because whenever she's with a guy, mentally, subconsciously, she compares that man to her dad. And if she hears a boy swear, my dad never does that. This is kind of weird. Or she walks into a car and the guy just walks around and doesn't open the door. That's really weird. My dad always did that. Or he yells at her, but he's never heard, she's never, she's not used to her dad yelling at her mom. That's weird. My dad never does that. But the opposite is true as well. If a daughter is used to being yelled at and berated by her father, guess who she's going to date? She's going to date abusive men. The best protection you have for your daughter is to treat her well, help her navigate the teen years, don't run away from her, run towards her and teach her that no matter what she does, you're willing to fight for her.
Well, Dr. Meg, thank you so much for your contributions here to 33 and also your writings and books and just all that you do. And that's been uh, incredibly helpful. So thank you for all your contributions. You are very welcome. I wrote the book not as much as a pediatrician who's listened to thousands of kids and thousands of daughters um, and sons talk about their dads and their moms. But I really wrote it as a daughter and as a wife. Um, I think I had a very strong dad. I had a dad who was very broken in a lot of ways, but he got the big stuff right. And that's what I want to communicate to men. You don't have to be perfect. Just get the big stuff right. You know, love her. Let her know she's loved. Let her know you think she's fabulous. Let her know you, you think she can do whatever she wants in the whole wide world. Um, and show her how to serve people. So, so I really wanted to communicate that. And that's really what my dad needs their dads. So I really, in Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, I wanted to show men who they are through their daughter's eyes. And I wanted to let them know that they're tagged it by God. <laughs> You're it when it comes to teaching your daughter about humility. You're it when it comes to teaching your daughters about God and faith. You're it when it comes to protecting her from all the bad stuff in the world. And the cool thing is men are wired to do that. Yeah. So I had such easy work. All I had to do was just put a little tap to the wiring and just let the electricity fly. I wrote a, a chapter on keeping her connected because all the studies show that girls who stay connected to their dads, and again, you don't have to be a psychologist to stay connected. You don't have to understand her moods. You don't have to understand what she's thinking. You don't even need to know what she's thinking. Be there. Show up. You know, just be there for her. That's the best thing that you can do to keep your daughter out of all the bad stuff in life. And I believe, Jim, you know, any dad with any age daughter can do it. Yeah. Because dads feel they need to be the super dad. No, you don't. Your daughters don't want a super dad. They want their dad. Yeah. Because yeah. their dad is bigger and stronger and smarter and wiser and nicer and kinder than any other dad in the whole world. Yeah. There's, you'll never meet a more forgiving woman in your entire life than your daughter. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That could be your wife. Yeah. It could be your little girl. Yeah, that's great. Well, guys, we've learned a lot in the last two sessions. And hopefully... You feel a lot more equipped on how to raise a son or a daughter in the unique joys and challenges that each brings. For some of us, this information has come at exactly the right time. You are right now in the throes of raising kids. And what you've learned in the last two sessions is giving you some immediate help. For others of us, we've been exposed to some new ideas and resources today that we can come back to or that'll help us down the road as we have kids or as our kids get older. Finally, there may be some of you who are wishing that you had known this stuff five, 10, or 20 years ago. Your kids are older or out of the house and it just feels like you made a lot of mistakes and didn't do everything you could have as a father. Well, here's what I wanna say to you. It's never too late. It's never too late to start acting like a great father, to start being a great father. Now, you may need to apologize for some things. In fact, most of us do. You may need to say to your son or your daughter, I'm sorry, I messed up in these areas. But that's what authentic manhood is all about. It's rejecting passivity and accepting responsibility, regardless of your past and past mistakes. There's still time to speak life into your son or daughter. You can still get quality time with them. You can still initiate with them. 
Remember this, leading as a father, even if it's later in life, is always worth it. Now, remember to write down your strategic move in your training guide after your small group discussion. After next session, we'll be using our strategic moves to create our personalized action plan. See you next time. Discipline should be fair, age-appropriate, consistent, and restorative. Don't just play the short game of trying to shape your kids' external behavior. Play the long game of trying to shape their heart. Really enjoy your kids. Enjoying each other, enjoying life together. Don't be the half dad, the dad who only offers half of his attention to anything. Excuse me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, man, that was good. Some good information, you know, on how a daughter feels about her dad and how he can um, really make a difference in her life. And, um, you know, we have to think about this and um, and then make strides to if we have daughters to make amends in their lives and and let them know that we messed up and and we can fix that you know um we know that you know some daughters may not have their dads around right now and and they they long for that and um but you know you can pray and ask god to you know give you a substitute god you know i need i need i need this in my life and i and i long for this and if you would send me somebody that can uh, fill that void in my life that my father has has left, you know, and and, and God will send you someone that will um, step up to the plate and and give you what what you need as a daughter um, in that in that situation. And so um Let's let's really think about this, men, and apply this to our lives. And um, I, I'm interested in going through this again with you, um, and really getting these action plans and 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 getting into small groups and and talking about some of these things. Um, women, we could do do something. I would like to do something with the ladies as well, and um, get some other ladies involved in. And doing that because I, I believe in healthy living, you know, um, let's get growing is not we're doing this. Let's get growing, man. But let's get growing. It's a is a movement that God has uh, placed on my heart to really um, impact people uh, wherever they are. You know, uh, one of the things that God placed on my heart um, several years ago is to meet people where they are and then take them. Uh, to that next level and take this excuse away from them that nobody cares. Um, God always wants me to be that person that cares about uh, people, right? Because he cares. Um, and so if I'm going to be an extension of him, then I, I must care. And so uh, do I always, you know, <laughs> uh, hit the mark? I, I absolutely don't. Absolutely don't. But um, 
I do strive to do that most of the time, you know. Um, and so we just give God the praise, the glory and honor. This is just Antoine. I'm excited and elated about what God is doing. Uh, I'll see you at the top. Bye for now.